for us as Weplo beginners, our main audience is really likely to be husband and wife or, you know, those small local businesses, people that are wearing a lot of hats. You know, there could be financial pressures. They could be getting a second mortgage on their home. We almost need to be, be open because you never fully understand the extent of what someone's going through. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Webflow the podcast dedicated to uncovering the greatest failures behind the greatest web flowers, because success often comes after learning from many failures. I'm your host, Jack Redley, a failure connoisseur, and today my guest is Alicia Laupama. She has worked in business development and marketing and comms for the last few years before deciding to double down on Webflow after wanting to have a more creative role. She made New to the Flow in September 2022, and since then, 233 people have joined the Slack group. With challenges, show and tells, an extremely active community, Lish was nominated for the Rising Star Award at the Webflow Conf at the end of last year. Although she has not done Webflow very long, she is someone that I think will be extremely successful, since she is insatiably curious, always gives without expecting anything in return, and works really hard on her craft. Embrace and learn from failure in episode 32 of Webflow with Alicia Laupama. Leash, welcome to the Webflow podcast. Yeah, I'm thanks for having me. This is awesome. Glad you're here. And I think it's really important for us to do this because I find that a lot of the time I interview people who are quite far down the, down the Webflow line. You know, they've been doing Webflow for five years. They've been a developer for 10 years before that, and then they found Webflow or whatever. And actually, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are right at the start. There's probably problems that you're facing that actually are very, very relatable because they're things that other people are facing at the start of their Webflow journey as well. For sure, facing problems every day. (laughs) But you know what? That's the beauty of learning. Everything's new, so you're going to experience new things and and learn from it. So it's exciting. And as someone that is at the start of their Webflow journey, I think it's really, really interesting how quickly you have set up a community of people that are all in the same boat. So can you tell us a little bit about how New to the Flow came about and how you so quickly amassed a massive group of people who are so active in the Slack group? Yeah, um, I think it kind of started when... I was sharing my journey on Twitter. I think it's a really important, if you're new, if you're new to Webflow, to kind of get out in the community and share what you're working on. Like I wasn't sharing sites every day or anything. There were just little snippets of me kind of understanding Flexbox or more realistically, like not understanding Flexbox. Uh, Yeah, but there's so many people that relate to that. And I think in the space of like a week or something I had, so many people reach out to me to say, hey, I'm learning Webflow too. Let's learn together. Let's be accountability buddies. And I thought, you know, instead of me kind of being one-on-one with all these different people, let's create a community and let's start uh, working together. Because I think sometimes for us learning, it can be quite isolating. You know, you're on your own. Um, you're in a garage. You're in your bedroom or something like that. And you're spending hours and hours on, on your own. So if you have other people, especially at a similar level, it's going to help support your journey and make sure that it's a longer one too. And you can learn things and face similar challenges. And yeah, that's kind of 
how it started and then slowly but surely you know more people started to join we have a lot of people out there who are kind of you know raising the new to the flow flag which is really awesome and i really appreciate that but it's very much like a, a safe place for web flow beginners i've heard that there is a, a new to the flow website on the way is that true <laughs> yes it's true. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to throw up thinking about it. I've spent so much time on it this weekend. Um, you know, I've gone through 10 million different designs. I've loved it. I've hated it. Like it's such a roller coaster of emotions. But yes, it's not going to be an award winning site. But hey, sometimes we just need to push it out, make it happen, and then we can grow from there. Done is better than perfect. That's right. And so to give people a little bit of an idea of how you journeyed into Webflow then. So you have a background in marketing, comms, business development, like I said in the intro there. Um, that's obviously really, really helped you, you know, grow the new to the flow stuff. You obviously know, um, you know, how to um, get people's attention and how to retain attention and stuff. But you know, where did Webflow come into um, your life and why is it now taking such a big place in it? Yeah, good question. I think um, across the like journey of my career path, I think I've had all these signs <laughs> that have probably told me to come into this dev role. And I'll touch on it a bit of it a bit later on and go a bit deeper. But I think I was kind of lost in, in, in what I was doing in terms of work, like, Although like the marketing stuff is really exciting and communications, I just wanted a bit more and um, I'm someone who has a thirst for learning. And so I was looking for that kind of next thing to take grasp of and, and fully understand. At the same time, I was working on an app with my brother and a friend and probably going to hate me for saying this, but you know, we'd, we'd have these meetings and quite quickly I realized that I was just the like glorified admin girl. <laughs> And, um, you know, that didn't sit well with me. And so um, I was kind of like, no, I'm going to prove a point and I'm going to start upskilling myself so I can be on the, on the tech kind of build team. And it, it kind of was like the, the universe aligned and I was thinking, I'll look at building a website. And then I started looking into Webflow. And basically, as soon as I watched one video, I was hooked. And then I started thinking about, okay, this could be a new career path or, you know, I can do a lot more with this. And it got really exciting really quick. Interesting. Okay. I want to dig into a few different things you just, you just said. <laughs> so yeah. first of all, what is the app or what was the app? Is that still is happening? It, yeah. It's still something that's, um, it's like a bit of a passion project. It's a fitness app, which there's, you know, 50 million out there, but my family's really into health and fitness. So we wanted something that, you know, we can connect with each other on and, and motivate each other and stuff like that. So it's kind of been parked since I'm, you know, going into all this Webflow stuff, but it's still definitely something that I, you know, I had in the back of my mind of that would be really cool to to do one day. And that's coming out at the same time as the new to the flow website? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I think I need a, a lot more technical skills, but you know what? I'm on my way, and I think I've I've already proven my worth a lot more in, in terms of the both side of things. And you use the the phrase "glorified admin girl," which I 
I see you're saying that with a, with a smirk, but do you have aspirations to be kind of a community leader and a webflower, or do you want to grow your own agency, or do you just want to be a, a freelancer and kind of stick with that right now, or where where's your head at in terms of yeah where you want to grow? I think for me, the more that I get into this, the more I realize I want to help people with webflow. So I think it's kind of like a a role that I always naturally gravitate to, no matter what industry or, uh, you know, what field it's in. I always end up being in that kind of like, you know, trainer education environment or like people leader. And so it kind of makes sense more for me to drive that community piece. It's what fills my cup. That's what's going to make me get up and, um, you know, learn and things like that. And it's a lot of what my drivers are now. However, I am conscious that, you know, I still need to support myself. And so at the moment I'm working full time, but there may be a point in my, in, um, you know, my path that I'll need to look at freelancing. And that's a viable option for me to earn money as well as, you know, doing this community piece. So that's where I see myself going and heading in that direction. You know, things change and I'm open to change too. So that's what, where my goal sets are at the moment though. Should we get into your failures, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Tell me about failure number one, rising to the emotion of someone else when they were upset and realizing you had made a big mistake. To kind of give context to this, I started, my first job was at this insurance company that we dealt with natural disasters. And so it was, I was straight out of dance school. So my mindset was, if you like, saying dance school, it's like, if you can imagine, like, step up, it was literally what I had come from. So my mind was like, oh, I'm going to be a, um, you know, J-Lo backup dancer or, you know, be a theater. And so my mind was definitely there, but I needed a job to kind of get me, get me overseas. And so I went into this role and the role was lodging claims so we just had a series of earthquakes in in Christchurch at the time they were big big quakes and uh, they caused a lot of damage so people would call through and um, basically just list what their damages were on their house and I'd say oh yeah cool I'll get an assessor out probably not on its own but you know that was the extent of my role and so this one afternoon I had a lady call through and this is how young and dumb I was. I was I was probably like nineteen or something at the time. But this is when I learned what the word irate meant. Because <laughs> I had no idea what they were like what they meant before. But she was a perfect example of, you know, being irate. And yeah, she was fuming. And bearing in mind this had been a couple of months since the initial quake, so that the damage on the houses, you know, had gotten worse and worse and people were dealing with some pretty shitty scenarios. And she called through and was asking for urgent repairs. And at that time, we didn't have a process for that. It was an unprecedented event. So it was kind of like new policies were happening all the time. And um, she, she was basically yelling down the phone at me to, to get somebody out. And I was saying, no, I can't do that. And, you know, I was sticking to the script. And I was like, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. And I wasn't budging from and it got to the point where we're going like neck and neck with each other and so she was getting more angry and as she was getting more angry I was getting increasingly frustrated you know and and short with her and then she hung up 
And so I turned to my friends and I was like, you know, my work colleagues, and I was like, oh my God, like this lady, you know, she wasn't listening to me, blah, 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 not even thinking about the, you know, the extent of the situation. Um, so I was going off and as I was doing it, kind of like one by one, these people around me were, were getting off the phone and they were like, hello, can you hear me? You know, because you hear that going on and then all of a sudden we're all off the phone. I was like, oh, that's a weird coincidence <laughs> that everyone's off the phone. Um, and so we're all kind of sitting there thinking, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, you look down the office and these people huddling in groups and kind of gasping and it's like, okay, this, like something else is going on here. Our boss had come over to us and said, hey guys, the phone lines are down because Christchurch just had another massive earthquake and we don't know how big it is yet. And so my heart just sunk because this poor lady had gone through all those, not only the initial quakes, they had a series of jolts afterwards, but as she was trying to get help to, you know, get a roof over over her family home, I couldn't even take the time to listen to her or try de-escalate the situation. Um, so that earthquake that happened that day was the biggest that we've seen. It was a, like, I think it was like 6.2 or something, and it was only 5k deep. It was like over 180 people had lost their lives. And so that really changed me and made me think about the way that I enter into conversations now. Um, you know, compassion goes a long way and, and people remember that. And, um, you know, although that's a really extreme scenario and I highly doubt that, you know, people are dealing with natural disasters all the time, but, you know, things happen. And for us as Webflow beginners, you know, our main audience is really likely to be husband and wife or, you know, those small local businesses, people that are wearing a lot of hats in these small entities. You know, there could be financial pressures. They could be getting a second mortgage on their home. They might not have time to spend with their, their family anymore. So their, their time is really short. And so these are the type of factors that we might not actually see going into conversations, but we almost need to be, be open and um, be willing to listen when if those situations happen because you never fully understand the extent of what someone's going through. Showing compassion having empathy, it goes a long way. And that that will help in, in terms of retention as well. You know, people are more likely to gravitate back to you if you show those kind of sources. I really relate with that because I um, there was a woman who was the branded SE designer for a project I was working on and I was doing the wireframes and do the site and I was like, well, I can't. I can't do this without the bandwidth. So either like I make it or you give it to me. There's a deadline. Yeah. You know. yeah. It was so embarrassing. I was messaging her and emailing the boss and stuff being like, Hey, like, so am I hearing anything? And you know, it's like a week goes by, two weeks go by. And turns out that uh, one of her parents passed away. And yeah. um, I the first call that I had with her, cause I was like, Hey, you know when you get on the phone with someone who hasn't picked up for you for ages? And I was like, <laughs> how you been doing? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Cool. So I'm just wonder what was happening with the brown identity. And 
she was like, "Actually, fucking around over there." Yeah, I was. I was so like, I was so naive. Um, so yeah, obviously the extent to which that that must have made you feel with earthquake in your home country that must have been awful. But yeah, yeah. At the time you don't know what other people are going through, and especially at the start of your your webflow journey, you are dealing with people that maybe are quite demanding because they don't have the biggest budget and they expect a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, might be quite stressed or, you know, there's all sorts of things going on in people's lives. So Yeah, and I think there's a way of still, you know, we still didn't need to safeguard ourselves and make sure things happen. Like in your situation, you couldn't move from A to B until it does. But there's just different ways to... I guess, deliver that and make sure that, you know, you're leaving those conversations happy mm. knowing that you weren't coming in at, at an angle that might bad in the long run. Yeah, I think there's this kind of honesty is the best policy, but that's kind of half the story to a certain extent. I think there's being honest and there's also being honest in a polite manner. Right? It's like, I always thought that being honest was good enough, but actually how you deliver that is sometimes more important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, important, important first failure here. And so when you deal, like if you deal with uh, difficult people or difficult clients or whatever, how do you protect yourself or what advice would you give to a webflower who has got a very difficult client, but you're trying to cut them some slack, but how much slack actually hurts you? Yeah. I think it's all about setting expectation, right? Like, um, you know, if people are overly demanding, it's reminding them on what those demands equal. So, you know, okay, I need you to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, perfect. So from our proposal or whatever I sent at the start, that would actually mean X, Y, Z. And if you do that in a in a nice, polite way, it's kind of like you're you're shutting them down, but they understand what that means. So I think some sometimes it's people don't quite understand what we do and it's so common and they don't understand how much time it can take or what you actually need. So a little bit about educating them in the right sense and ensuring that whatever you've said, you've left them with all the options so that they can make a decision from there. Especially in your proposals and things like that, if you set yourself up right, you know, those additional costs or extra hours or what have you, then you can always relate back to that and say, it's now going outside of, of the scope that we initially agreed, and that now means that you're charged at this rate or whatever. Yeah. Does that make I sense? Think, think giving, like, fair warning if you're going to do that type of thing, like, just to be clear, so yeah. we do more than this revision. I'll do this revision, even though it's outside of the scope. But if there are there are more things, then just so you know, here's here's the hourly rate because then you've given them fair warning. Yeah. But I, I agree about this, like edu- educating the client to kind of explain if they say it's just a quick change, and you're like, well, let me stop you right there. Um, yeah. it's actually, a quick change because well, maybe not in that tone. <laughs> just <laughs> um, well let me stop you right there <laughs> clearly you haven't learned from your previous yeah exactly people tend to match each other's energies right and so if they're yeah. up here and you come in down here 
you know, yeah. at least if it's in the middle, it's a better result from what they started off with. Yeah. And the power of um, silence too and getting people to talk because sometimes they might come off with, oh, this is so expensive or whatever. And then if you just pause and keep listening and getting them to talk more because they feel uncomfortable, nobody likes silences. And so if they talk more, then you're more likely to hear what the actual underlining issue is. And then, you know, say initially it was, this is so expensive. And then later on, they're like, oh, you know, I've got 50 million mortgages now and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Okay, tell me about failure number two, leaving your job to pursue your dream as a dancer. Yes, so I think I talked about earlier having these signs that I probably would have been best suited in this kind of dev world environment. Um, And this is one of them. So I actually was still working at that insurance company and I had been internally promoted into this internal communications role and basically because there were so many procedures and policies on the fly we had to find a fast way to communicate these out to all the contact centers across New Zealand and so me and my boss build this intranet site that people can use to navigate their way through have the latest up you know information it had to be clear concise and um, also had forms that, you know, they could fill out, say, that lady with the urgent repair, you know, I could fill that out and go to the right uh, area. And so I was like, when I think about that, I was like, that's mad. I was actually building that thing, you know, and I think it was in Troop or something along those lines, but um, don't ask me anything about that now. I have no idea. But yeah, it's so funny for me to look back at that. And I loved that job. Like I thought that was really awesome. I was helping people. I got to understand the product really well. Um, But yeah, that was definitely a sign for me that I loved this work and I could have potentially gone down that field. But of course, when everything's going right in your life, um, you're, you're winning in your current role. What do you do? You go and mess it up them. <laughs> decide to be a dancer like, that sounds so ridiculous now that I'm saying it but um you know what that was that was my passion and um I had danced from such a young age and I, I literally did think I was gonna be a backup dancer or you know in theater and so I said to myself I had to give that a shot you know though that inner voice in me was telling me got you know go back go give it a shot and um I had to but what I did is I, I went into it with full force. I'm pretty chaotic anyway, so that's kind of what I do. But um, I quit my job. So even though it was great money doing what I love, I quit it and went in. Um, I basically spent from morning till night dancing. I was finishing off my degree at the same time and quite quickly lost all focus on anything outside of dancing. I couldn't see like family or friends like there was a really important part of my life um where my dad's unfortunately passed away but at at that time his favorite band the Eagles shout out to the Eagles (laughs) and my dad um he come to New Zealand and he got me and my brother's tickets to go but I couldn't go because I had a competition that day 
And so I had lost connection with family and friends, didn't have a job. So I wasn't that financially stable, only relying on kind of like student loans and stuff and dancing from morning through till night, as well as competitions on the weekend and things. So quite quickly, you know, that's a recipe of disaster. <laughs> and um, I burnt myself out. It was the first time I experienced burnout. I lost my hair, actually, which is just nuts. So, yeah, from there, I started to realize I had, you know, I, I went full into this dancing career, but I needed the support of all these other external factors in order to make that cog kind of go. Um, you know, I, I could have still kept my job and still try to pursue that career, um, you know, making time for friends and family and still doing things that I love outside of dancing too. And so coming out of that, I realized, well, one, I'm not going to make it as a dancer, but two, when I go into these things, I need to make sure I have those outside external factors aligned. And, you know, that's part of the reason why now, although I am absolutely obsessed with webflow i know that this is going to be my career path i'm still hanging on to my job i still need to make sure that you know i'm keeping a roof over my head and um, you know i have the financial stability to pay for these courses and pay for you know a new laptop if i needed or um you know just all those other things that help support that but also you know um i'm making sure that i do still spend time with you know, friends and family and, and do still do the things I love because having those, you know, support measures in place makes it a more sustainable journey, you know, it makes it your your webflow path have longevity, I believe anyway. Yeah, I think there's um a kind of I don't know what it is, maybe kind of tech bro culture where it's like got up at six went to the gym and now I'm going to hit the web flow. <laughs> Is that you? Are you doing the impersonation of yourself? I haven't, I haven't been to the gym in years, so that's where that, that was for me. But I do think there is a kind of like a longevity to, you know, you're working at a laptop, you you need to have a life beyond that, right? And And I think there is a kind of hustle culture you know, you don't want to burn out and, and burn out. Burnout is a real, a really real thing that um, can set you back far more than, than it's worth. Like, you know, I don't know about losing your hair. That that sounds... I know. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. The, the funny thing was, I didn't actually realise that I was that stressed out. I, had, I was oblivious to it. I guess because I was just trying so hard to make it work. Because I'd given up, you know, that this job that was amazing, that was supporting me. I'd, I'd given up a lot of things to try and make it work. It, um, yeah, really, at the end of it, and it's, it's not worth it. Two things you said there, though. One, um, you know, you're still in your full-time employment. In order to get income to pay for courses, pay for equipment, and to basically set yourself up for success in the long term rather than quitting cold turkey, trying to double down on Webflow when you're still learning it, you're trying to learn how to freelance, you're trying to learn systems and processes. And I think that can be really overwhelming if you just quit your job straight away and go into that. Um, so that's, I think, really helpful advice for anyone that's listening who's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to quit my job and be a freelancer. And that can be problematic. Yeah. Um, 
And then the other thing you talked about there is having a life outside of Webflow so that you can, uh, you know, maintain relationships with family. Yeah. Friends. Human, man. You know, at the end of the day, like, is it worth giving up, you know, holding those connections and, and making those memories? Probably not, you know, like make sure that you're still doing it, whatever that means for you. It might even just mean, you know, if you don't have close connections with friends and family, it might just mean doing another hobby or, you know, going for walks, doing exercise, whatever's going to mentally stimulate you outside of it. But, yeah, factoring in those things um, is super important. Tell me about failure number three then. Being too much of a yes girl and spreading yourself thin. Yeah, so this is a hard one, Jack, <laughs> because, you know, although it's it's a fail, I think I'm continuously failing at this as well. It's, um, it's, a, it's a really hard one to, uh, to learn from and, and um, I guess, stop doing because I guess when you're excited about something as well, you want to take up every opportunity you can, but quite recently you know and over the holiday period I think I got to that point where you know I I still am in my job so I still want to do the best that I can for that company and and sometimes you know I'm always putting my hand up to new projects so that kind of part of my life started getting up and then um you know on the webflow side I'm like cool now that I've learned like a little bit of fundamentals of webflow I'm like what else is there to learn you know I'm like cool I know to tackle clients first i'm gonna learn how to be an awesome designer i'm you know gonna learn about seo or what have you there's so many different avenues and so at that time i was like yeah 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 signing up to like every course left right and center and you know like i do a lot of like walks and surfs and stuff as well so quite quickly my time like got really really small but what i realized was especially with the learning side of things I actually was kind of kidding myself because I signed up and, and, and said yes to so many different projects that I ended up going in and kind of procrastinating and just like moving my mouse around or like watching like a minute of a video and being like, yeah, sweet. Like I've done a little bit of that, but I wasn't actually going anywhere. And so when I started to realize I wasn't going anywhere, I, all of a sudden I just stopped because there was no reward from what I was doing anymore you know and I ultimately I think I just I lost sight of that end goal and started just sporadically doing all these random things hoping that it would work out but you know there was like a moment where I spent a lot of time in the ocean and I was kind of just sitting there not distracted by anything I was like okay be honest with yourself Lish like have you actually achieved much and we talked about this earlier Jack you know my new to the flow website I was like yeah 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 I'm gonna do it did I do anything? No. And so I kind of need to say that to myself. Like, you're not actually achieving things that are going towards that end goal. So let's strip it all back, remove the noise, and uh, let's put some, you know, put some end goals and then and start working your way back to just simplify and, and make it a bit easier. And honestly, it's been such a rewarding um you know couple of months knowing that whatever i'm doing at the moment no matter how you know, big or small, 20 minutes an hour a day it's i'm still working towards those goals and 
what you're also doing is is applying the practical things that you're learning to a real project which i think there is this kind of um you get into this kind of coarse coma i'm going to call it where you just you're like next course like i bought this course i'm doing i'm in module three i'm gonna you know and you just don't you you and you might be learning stuff or you might think you're learning stuff because you can see this bar of the course you know getting bigger as you do more of the course right but actually unless you're applying that to something in webflow that you are building or something in figma that you are designing to then build it's like candy floss. Like that's not going to fill you up. And <laughs> you need to apply. I'm pretty chuffed that I came up with that on the spot. My gosh, I'm going to say that one. Thank you. It's a good one. But yeah, it's important to kind of practically apply it. And even if that is just practically applying that to building a homepage, or not even building a homepage, building a nav, or building a yeah. section, just yeah, applying that is yeah a real catalyst for you improving so much quicker honestly in this past week of me doing this new the flow site i have learned so much and things that i wouldn't even think i would learn about because i come across these problems and i'm like okay i need to solve this now and i'm like what even is this i've never heard about this before and of course you know these courses aren't really going to go into dive into the details of whatever (laughs) The other day, I had a 301 redirect. <laughs> no idea how I did it or whatever, but I was like, what is that? And then, you know, you start learning about it. But yeah, the beauty of just going in and building something and learning on the fly mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah, I had exactly the same experience. I was speaking to Marcelo Russo from Friends Agency. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to I really want to learn some JavaScript. I think I'm going to do a JavaScript course. And he just stopped me and he was like, Jack, what like what do you need that for specifically? Like <laughs> a specific problem that requires you to try and apply whatever you're trying to find out about JavaScript to um an actual problem rather than yeah. what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna tackle JavaScript. That's a bit like saying, you know, I really want to learn Mandarin. I think I'm just gonna learn Mandarin. Yeah. 10 minutes a day like what the hell is that gonna yeah. work? you know it takes seven years to learn to, like mandarin yeah on a, like yeah. that kind of like apparently the hardest language to learn so yeah I, I i completely appreciate where you're coming from you kind of when you tackle a problem and then you look it up learn that little thing by applying it um and i think you're gonna yeah you can really fly if you take that approach to learning absolutely yeah yeah that practical side of things is is so beneficial because yeah, like like learning the language, you need to need to practice it and have it in your everyday. And if you're just learning through a course and not really applying it to anything, then um, you, you can lose it. Lisa, you ready for the final question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get a more enthusiastic. <laughs> yes, I totally am. What is your next failure going to be? Okay, so I'm probably going to fail at something today, but I think my next failure is going to be um, probably 
something to do with beautiful website. <laughs> I'm gonna do, you know, I'm going into this very naive. So, um, it, yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's going to be multiple fails with that, but um, I'm all good with that because if I don't learn, then I'm never going to know it. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, and thank you to Alicia for coming on the show. The part of the episode that I really want to draw out is about talking to your client in a compassionate and empathetic manner. Ultimately, you don't know what your client's going through, and sometimes clients might be slow to get back to you. They might even be rude, but a real professional, in my opinion, and it sounds like Alicia's opinion too, is working with them in a compassionate and empathetic manner and understanding that they might have stuff going on that you don't know about. And ultimately, that means that you are going to maintain that relationship with them, not just for this project, but projects moving forward, because they're going to say, wow, what a pleasure it was working with that freelancer who really understood me and cared about me as a human being rather than just trying to get the project done as fast as possible. Just think that's really, really important to highlight because so much of the time, we're trying to ruthlessly be efficient and get through the projects as quick as possible to take on other work and we might be juggling multiple projects but just recognizing that you are dealing with humans who have human problems while you're going through that process is really really important have a great week web playlist.